0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Wednesday, December the 2nd, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on December 2nd, 1982, the first operation of its kind, Dr. Robert Jarvik at the University of Utah Medical Center, he implanted a permanent artificial heart in the chest of retired dentist Dr. Barney Clark. Clark lived 112 days with the device. Today, in 1804, Napoleon crowned himself crowned himself Emperor of the French, and he did so in the Cathedral, the Cathedral of Notre Dame. Sometimes, I shouldn't go here, but sometimes I get that feeling when I watch Joe Biden. There's kind of a crowning of sorts going on in America. Not everybody's participating. Not everybody agrees with it, but it's happening. Maybe I'm reading more into it than I should, but anyway, Napoleon crowned himself Emperor of the French today in 1804. Today in 1816, the first savings bank in the United States, the Philadelphia Savings Fund Society, they opened for business. Today in 1823, President James Monroe outlined his doctrine, we know it as the Monroe Doctrine. When we used to study history in school, we studied the Monroe Doctrine. In that doctrine, he outlined how we should oppose European expansion in the Western Hemisphere. Today, in 1867, people stood in miles-long lines. That's what the press reported, miles-long lines, to hear Charles Dickens give his first reading in New York City. This was something they did a lot of in England and in Europe, I understand, but I know they did in England. They would, uh, famous poets and famous authors would write their stuff and then they would give a reading in a hall, like a concert hall or something, and people would flock there. They would charge them to come and hear the author, in this case, like Charles Dickens, read something that he had written. And uh, it was done a lot, but this was the first time that he had done this had become quite famous by now, first time he had done this in the United States and in New York City. Today, in 1927, the new Ford Model A was introduced to the American public. Today, in 1942, an artificially created self-sustaining nuclear chain reaction was demonstrated for the first time at the University of Chicago. And today, in 1970, the newly created Environmental Protection Agency opened its doors, the EPA. We're going to be hearing a lot more about the EPA. Should Joe Biden anoint himself as president of the United States, even though there is so much corruption around this election? We'll see what happens. We'll prayerfully watch as America inches forward. We'll see what happens. But there's going to be a lot more discussion should he become the president of the United States around the EPA, because that is perhaps the, the singular most impactful thing that Joe Biden has attached himself to, the far, far left, Ocasio-Cortez and all these guys. John Kerry certainly on board with that. And Biden has said he'll be part of his, quote, administration and so on. We'll be talking about that. The new Green Deal will be the most massive transfer of wealth and the most the most massive um, dilution of American capitalism in the history of our country. Should he become, we'll be talking a lot about that in the future. Ronald Reagan said a lot of things that were very quotable. Everybody, not everybody, but most people liked him, even the people that profoundly disagreed with him. They often said he was hard to dislike. He was in the sense that he always had a great attitude. His words were very quotable, and they were very uh, impactful. He was a great communicator. In fact, he was called the great communicator. Among the things that he said, perhaps one of the things that has been most quoted was this. Ronald Reagan. He said the most terrifying words in the English language are... I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Well, those are terrifying. But if you want to amp up that terrified experience, now Ronald Reagan didn't know about technology as we do in regards to social media and all that. That hadn't quite rolled out yet in his time. But now tech giants may be even a greater threat, particularly when they link themselves at the hip with a far-left government. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, who is a flake, in my opinion, has announced that the company is ready to help a potential Biden administration with the coronavirus vaccine response. He says, I want to be a good citizen. Yes, of course he does. Mark Zuckerberg said in a live stream interview with none other than Dr. Anthony Fauci, That Facebook is trying, this was yesterday, Facebook is trying to work with Joe Biden regarding how the social media giant can help a potential Biden administration with a response to the, let's call it the Chinese coronavirus. Facebook CEO mentioned, he said, quote, we will push around authoritative information on vaccines. He didn't go into detail on that, but I can give you a little detail. What he means by that is he wants to be the arbiter. He is planning to be the arbiter of what is true and what is not true. He's already doing that in regards to a number of things. We've talked about that. I don't want to get off on that subject today, but I think most of you know that Facebook and Twitter have become the arbiters of what is truth and what is not truth on the Internet an Internet where they're supposed to be nothing more than a platform, they have become creators of content, just like radio stations and television stations, except they fall under a very favored kind of category where they can't be sued, they can't be litigated against for any content that's on their platforms. If they had not had this carve-out by our federal government, they would have never grown into the behemoth that they have become. It's almost like Frankenstein. We've created something that, if we're not careful, will destroy us as a country, as a nation, as communities. But that's where we are. So what he's really saying is, I want to expand my reach. Mark Zuckerberg, Dorsey with at Twitter is the same way. I want to expand my reach so that I am deciding ultimately, what is right and what is wrong, what is truth and what is not truth in our culture in America and in our global village of the world. Mark Zuckerberg told Fauci yesterday, he said, you and the rest of the government have an important job ahead. He said, I know our team at Facebook has already reached out to the incoming administration to help with the COVID response in any way that we can. I'm sure that's Ronald Reagan's version of, "Hi, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you." <clears throat> this is the government on steroids." <clears throat> he said um, he said, "I'm sure there will be a few important things that we can do together, meaning he, his behemoth, Facebook, and um, a Biden government. He said, we're already planning to push around authoritative information on vaccines. The Financial Times, and they're, they're left-leaning for sure, they reported that Facebook is planning a major push to encourage the site's users to get a coronavirus vaccine as well as incentivizing users. I'm not sure how they're going to incentivize users of Facebook. There are billions of them. But they're going to incentivize users to share content related to the Paris Climate Agreement. EPA, as I mentioned a moment ago, That's all coming. It's going to come like a tidal wave if Joe Biden finally crawls into that Oval Office that he's wanted to be in his entire life. Those are his words, not mine. He said that's been his lifelong dream to be President of the United States. That's fine and noble if it's because you want to help your country. If it's just because that's something you want to achieve, that's a different matter. I think it's a different matter with Biden. But nonetheless, in October, Facebook announced that it would ban ads on its platform that discourage vaccinations as well as run an information campaign to encourage users to get their flu shots forget about any hesitations that you might have in that regard that's kind of where we are today in our world much much is hanging in the balance after hundreds of sworn affidavits about election day, oddities and statistical improbabilities. It's not surprising, at least it wasn't to me, that a majority majority of Republicans believe the twenty twenty election was neither free nor fair. I don't think it was. I wouldn't be saying that on the radio. I'm very careful about what I say on the on this program. I know we're very Um, direct in what we say. That's why we do this. If I wouldn't be direct, I I don't make the effort to be on the radio every day and you don't make the effort to listen for us just to be nuanced. Well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Some of my friends are for this and some of my friends are against that. So I'm with my friends kind of a thing. That's not what we do here. But I want to tell you we are very thoughtful and more importantly, very prayerful about what we say on the air. First and foremost, because I want it to be pleasing to God. I'm an ordained minister and have been my entire adult life. I want most of all to please God, not you, not someone else, not even myself, but to please God. And secondly, I want to say something, because there's enough words and noise in our culture. We don't need more people talking and saying nothing. We already have that. So that's what we try to do here. And so, yes, we're very direct in what we say, but we do it prayerfully and carefully. And I think many of you know that, and particularly those of you who support us know that. And I want to thank you. Again, we need your support. Please stand with us. These are perilous times, difficult times. Please stand with us. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399-Bellevue-98009. Or you can go to faithandfreedom.us, that's our website, and you can donate online. And many of you are, more and more, in fact, are doing so. But either way, thank you in advance for your support. A Rasmussen survey has found that 75% of Republicans believe that the 2020 election was neither free nor fair. 75% not surprising. Given the evidence, it's overwhelming. Rasmussen also found, though, and this was a little surprising to me that they would even admit it, 30% of Democrats agree. They must be saying, these are people that voted for Biden. 30% of Democrats agree that the the election wasn't fair, but who cares? We won anyway, or whatever. The survey also found that 39% of unaffiliated voters also believe the election was corrupted. 47% 47% of all voters agree. 47% of everybody that voted. And it was a record number. Like a hundred and what? 50, 60 million people? I mean, it was record. 47% of all those people say they don't think the election was fair. Having seen the inside of some of the most corrupt third world countries as a missionary some years ago in my life, Christian missionary, starting churches. I've talked about it on this program from time to time. It was a transformational time for me as a young man, I'll tell you. I saw reality like I had not seen it. But I never thought I'd see the day when the greatest nation in the history of the world would be touched by the level of corruption that we're seeing in America today. I saw it in the third world countries. I watched it. Not as a tourist, but I watched it often staying in pastors' homes or huts with dirt floors. I watched what was going on in their community, in their country, from Guatemala to the middle of Africa. But I never thought I'd see the kinds of things that we're seeing now in our beloved America. Now we're learning that there's been this whole scheme in a number of states across the country of bribing people to vote for Biden. Just stay with me on this. A number of states, including Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Washington State, Idaho, Texas, Ohio, they held raffles, giving away money and gifts in return for people voting and turning their ballots in at the appropriate place, to them, of course. But let's start with Nevada. Here's what happened. Here's how the bribe works. Isn't paying people to vote or not to vote illegal? Yeah, it is. There's two distinct sections, and I'm not going to get into it except to mention it. Two distinct sections in law. Our Constitution is clear. That impose fines and prison sentences for, and I'm quoting from those sections, quote, whoever makes or offers to make an expenditure to any person either to vote or withhold his vote. The Nevada Native Vote Project. Native vote. I'll come back to that. They posted photos on Facebook on Election Day of smiling voters holding $25 gift cards after handing over their ballots. The posts have since been deleted, but not before they were archived. The removal probably had something to do with the U.S. criminal code that I mentioned a moment ago. I've written an article about this. It's on our website, Faith and Freedom. You should read it. There's links there. You can go to for more sourcing of what I'm talking about today. But offering gift cards for ballots was not the only way that these Nevada Native Vote Project enticed people to vote. In a video that was up on Facebook as lately as last week, Bethany Sam, she's a public relations officer for the Reno Sparks Indian Colony, she urged people to come out and vote by offering some extra swag that we can give out. His, that's her words. She says, and I quote, We have $25 uh, $25 gift cards to to raffle off. So there's a lot of money in cash here. We also have four $100 gift cards to give away. And so again, you want to make sure to get out here and vote. And then we have four $250 uh, gift cards to raffle. Our grand prize is going to be a $500 Visa gift card to the person or native voters who come out early this week for early voting. Then she added voters only need send a photo of themselves at the polling place to enter another scrubbed video that i have seen showed sam promoting a swag giveaway in front of a biden harris bus sometime before the end of nevada's early voting period which ended on october 30th but make no mistake it wasn't really about getting people to vote it was about getting people to vote for biden harris but either way it's illegal Sam, on the video, tells the people that the Reno-Sparks Indian Colony endorses the Biden-Harris ticket. In one video, she turns the camera on Arlen Melendez. He's the chairman of the Reno-Sparks Indian Colony that describes itself as, quote, a sovereign Indian nation with a tribal council that, quote, carries the same unique powers and duties of any city council, county commission, or legislative government across the United States. Now, if you listen to this program often, you'll know that I grew up in central Washington, born and raised in Yakima. We lived in the lower valley and my parents lived in Yakima until I got married and left there. <laughs> and, but that's home. I know about Indian reservations. I know about Yakima Indian reservation. I'm fully aware that the various tribes operate as sovereign nations. But is it, is it illegal? to bribe for votes in a federal United States presidential election? Well, Logan Churchwell, he's a communications director for the Public Interest Legal Foundation. He says vote buying is a federal crime. But he says whether FBI agents and the DOJ Election Crimes Office is willing to involve itself is a separate matter altogether. I found that interesting because yesterday Attorney General William Barr He told the press yesterday afternoon that the Department of Justice has found no evidence of election fraud that would change the outcome of the presidential election, even as President Trump and outside groups continue to push allegations of widespread election-altering problems. Barr said, to date, we have not seen fraud on a scale that would have affected a different outcome in the election. Associated Press is running that story today all over the place. And last night, Como News was carrying it in Seattle. I'm sure a lot of others were carrying it all across the country. At the, at the same time, Barr quashed the notion of election-changing fraud. Amistad Project Director Phil Klein, he's a lawyer, highly respected. He's been looking into this, along with Rudy Giuliani and others. Klein doubled down on his organization's work and they're not getting paid by the government or by a political party. They're just looking into it. He said I would say an investigation is very needed, and he said you find evidence when you investigate. If you don't investigate, you don't find evidence, so you can make those statements. He said <laughs> he said the Department of Justice needs to investigate. There are substantial allegations. Rudy Giuliani and others have been saying that as well. But it seems that that's where we are. Will FBI agents or DOJ election crimes office be willing to look into this? Probably not. Does it matter what a few voters, though, in Reno-Sparks Indian Colony do on their own reservation? Well, of course it does, because we're talking about 60,000 registered native Indian voters in Nevada. Just there, Nevada, 60,000. The election was decided for Biden by about 30,000 in that, a wide margin in that state, comparatively speaking. Yeah, 60,000 registered Native American voters matter in one state. The same bribery campaign was used in a number of other states, including in Washington state. Video from Washington shows a Native, and I posted that on this article that I mentioned, that I wrote today. A video from Washington shows a Native vote team in front of a Biden sign promoting a voter raffle for a $200 gift card and other prizes. Facebook post for the same group said the raffle included two dozen $25 gas cards. It all goes on. The Lumi uh, Native Vote 2020, the group promoting the raffles, they posted a photo on of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris on their website on November 7, which read, we did it right after the election. Then it was taken down. They know they're breaking the law. They know that. The webpage comment isn't there, but it's been archived as well. Washington State Secretary of State is not responding. I know, I know, she's a Republican. But they're not responding to inquiries by a couple of conservative reporters. They won't answer their calls. They're at wanting to ask, is this illegal in Washington state? Of course it is. They haven't responded in any of the other states either. The Nez Pierce tribe in Idaho, they're doing the same thing, but man, they're giving away a lot more money. If I, I would like, if I were going to participate in this thing, I would do it in Idaho rather than Washington state. They're giving away a lot more money. Their gift cards for voting for Biden, Harris, I mean, Voting, excuse me, and then by the way, they're standing in front of a great big Biden Harris sign or their bus in some cases. But their gifts range from 50 to $500, but it includes an Apple iPad for people who cast an absentee ballot who have voted early or registered to vote. I, I'm not kidding you. I read that twice. I thought, are they really doing this? Well, they say they are. I don't know. I have a participated or gotten an Apple iPad from them, but I'm not a member of the tribe either. But neither the tribe nor the Idaho Elections Division, they wouldn't return their calls. Now, they, they don't want to talk to any reporters. We live in a time of spiritual darkness. This web of deception and corruption, we've got to keep our eyes focused and our heart focused on the truth. There is so much that is happening in our culture today. It can be overwhelming. This COVID thing is making a resurgence now. I mean, more people are reporting, and yet you've got to wonder. I mean, we all know that the the kind of corruption seems to leave nothing in our culture untouched. I don't want to be negative, I don't, I I would rather give you four ways to have a happy day today. Because God wants his joy to fill our hearts and our lives. But sometimes joy and happiness are two different things. Happiness is how we feel about things. And joy is rooted in what we know to be true. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so in doing what we do, we we try to inform you and keep you up to speed on what's going on, but it would be, again, a, a failure on my part, I believe, if I didn't take this time for straight talk, simply to talk about what's going on in direct ways. So we live in a time when there is so much corruption and there's so much particularly in relation to what this country has been, one nation under God, founded by, oh, I know they weren't all Christians, but our founders, most of them were Christians, committed to the Lord. They claimed Jesus Christ as their Savior. Some, maybe less so, but our country was without, there is no denying, unless it's just arbitrary, as some do, that this country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. We never expected to get to this point. And I think, in at least in part, it's because of the silence of the pulpits in America. We haven't spoken to these pastors, and I'm talking about we, not them. I have. But we as a group of pastors in America, we haven't spoken to the issues from the pulpit because we're afraid we might offend someone. God help us. We're paying the price. We're seeing the result of that now in America. If you don't call out and speak the truth, you can do it in love, and you can do it on the basis of Scripture. But if we don't call out and speak the truth, who's going to? It certainly won't be the government. But that's where we are in our country today. But I want to tell you that there is a light that shines in the darkness Many do not comprehend it, but many do. And I want to be the carrier, the purveyor of that light, and his name is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. He is the Son of God, and he loves you, and he loves me, and he died for all of us, and he was resurrected from the dead. That's what our message is really about every day as we talk about what's happening in our culture, and he is ultimately the only solution to this. But we are called by Jesus himself to be salt and light, and we must be informed. So that's what we try to do each day. And we will continue to try to do this each day as you stand with us to support us with your prayers, certainly with your financial support. We'll try to address these issues as we see them coming. But there is a tidal wave of of change coming, apparently, unless God supernaturally intervenes in this election process. I believe in miracles, but I know God is in control, and he will do what he pleases to do. And regardless of how things turn out over the next days and weeks, we will serve him, we will trust him, we will walk with him, And we will be who he wants us to be by the grace of God. I'll see you right here tomorrow.